All right, welcome back. Episode five. Yes. Um, goes with episode four. Goes so with episode if you four. haven't heard episode four, you need to go there first. Drop back and grab <laughs> episode four. Um, by the way, hopefully you guys are noticing a difference in the audio quality. We tried to change it up a little bit. From our first two episodes, well, at least. We've uh, we've gotten a little bit better at uh, recording these things, thanks to some help from my brother, Brian. Uh, if you Brian. know him. Thanks, Brian. Appreciate the help. <laughs> Uh, but we're, we're, we're continuing this idea, this foundational relationship between parents and kids. And in the last episode, we talked about how obedience isn't necessarily our primary goal in parenting. And, and that's fair. Shock. Yeah, it's fair. And, and it, it may be for you, but I'm, I'm not sure that that's necessarily the case. It, it, I don't think God is primarily concerned um, trying to exercise his authority. He gives us choices. He does want obedience. God says, I want obedience, not sacrifice. It's in the Bible. He does want our obedience. God wants us to be obedient to him, but he doesn't force obedience through his authority. And I think that comes in defining obedience because I think for us, we think obedience is external behavior and it's not always external no, behavior. I think it is a heart choice. And and where we're going to start with this episode is I think we need to talk about the difference between obedience and compliance. I agree. Because those are two, our children can do what we want them to do, but not have a heart of obedience. And I think this is demonstrated in the Bible in a couple of different places, but um, the, the difference between the two, obedience and compliance, is a heart of recognizing authority. Okay, let me say that again. So obedience recognizes authority. Compliance is a go along to get along, doesn't recognize authority. Can I add, this has just come straight out of what I read today, so I don't know, but I really think that obedience also comes with with knowing who who I am, knowing who God is, and knowing who I am in God. Like, just recognizing my weakness, His strength, and then how we interact. Okay. Um, one of the reasons I think this is an issue for us as, as even adults, but as humans, one of the reasons obedience and compliance is uh, difficult for us because I think, particularly a lot of, of Christians, and if you're listening to this, I'm not trying to offend you, um, with this idea, hopefully this is going to be helpful to you. I think a lot of us are compliant to Scripture. We're compliant to what God wants us to do. We we have a list of rules or do's and don'ts. Say, okay, hey, this is how we're, uh, okay, God says don't do this. God says do do this. We look at the Ten Commandments or, or some form of, wow. of Scripture, and we are compliant with Scripture, not recognizing the authority God has in our life or even the authority Scripture has in our life, that it is the standard, that it is God's word to us to say, this is who I am and who you are. And I, I, we haven't talked about this. David and I haven't talked about this before. We're just kind of jumping in today. But when he had, he did mention that he was wanted to kind of talk about the difference between compliance and obedience. Um, I have been in a season of, compliance, a 45-year season of compliance in a lot of relationships. Um, I've been free of that, I think, in most of my parenting because um, 
I couldn't be compliant to Dax when he was little. His best often did not line up with his happy. So for me to be compliant with him, I was forced to kind of get out of that. And in doing that, I've gotten out of it in my marriage, but it's still very prevalent in a lot of my other relationships and a lot of my friendships, especially the ones that I've had long term. Um, But as you say that in that compliant, like they're compliant, I have been compliant to scripture and not obedient. But as you say that, I can also see that I've been compliant to people more than I've been obedient um, so <coughs> I don't want to get off on that, but right, you just did, but it's fine. Sorry, <laughs> it just so, was a wow moment. Right. Okay. As, as so as we're we're processing through this, just as an example, your children. So if you have teenagers, we have, we have two teenagers. You, you met them a couple weeks ago. Um, they are compliant with their friends. So their friends will say, "Hey, this is what we should go do." They comply, they comply. with that. They they don't recognize authority in their relationship with their friends, right? Right. They just do it and they go along to get along. They agree with it. Um, That is not how I want my children interacting with me. Right. Because there is an authority that we have, a God-given authority, and I don't want them to just do what I tell them to do. That's not the relationship I want to have with my kids. I, I want them to recognize my authority and do things because they respect that authority and they value that input in their life which I think is how God interacts with us. God wants us, if we don't recognize God's authority and we're just doing things out of a, a Christian habit or a Christian pattern, that's not the relationship God wants with us. God wants us to recognize his authority. But I think it is more like, like that's the thing, like coming out of what I just said a minute ago with, it's more than even that. It's that we want them to understand who they are to us Mm-hmm. And who we are to them, not just based on authority, but based on that that relationship. Like, like when I have said, "Thank you for choosing to obey." It's more like, "Thank you for choosing to be my son." Like, "Thank you for putting yourself under me." Like, mm-hmm. to to do that, you know that. Thank you for choosing to act out that relationship. All right, submission to authority. There's a respect that you have to have to submit to that authority. <clears throat> um, the example I'll use with Dax, there are people who speak to Dax about golf and they'll try to, and, and I, I'm looking at Fair. Fair and I sometimes <laughs> are those people and we're telling him, okay, hey, here's some things you need to do for golf to be successful or whatever. Well, we're not any good at golf. No. <laughs> so there are times that Dax will comply with what we're asking him to do, but he doesn't submit to that authority because we don't necessarily have authority in golf world. Right. His golf coach has His way His golf coach has authority. way more authority. But I think we do the same thing. So certain pastors have more authority, and so we'll listen to what they say. We won't listen to someone else. Um, we we ch- pick and choose who we listen to and what we do. Ultimately, God is our authority, and Scripture that he has breathed is our authority. We shouldn't be just compliant to Scripture. We should be obedient to scripture. So I, I wanted to bring that, you know, delineation out early on in this, this episode to help you understand you're, you don't want compliance from your children. Right. And, and working this out in myself, I definitely don't want compliance from my kids because as I, you know, throughout our relationship, our relationship is not going to end when they move out. Our relationship will continue all the way through the lifespan 
there will be times when I will be unhappy, but they will be doing things hopefully lined up with scripture and truth, and he will want to take them places that I don't necessarily want him to take them, Mm -hmm. and I don't want them to comply with me in that. I want them obedient to him. Right. So... Um, big designation here in the front end. I think you have to get these definitions between uh, obedience and compliance. And again, obedience recognizes authority. Compliance does not. And I don't think that David and I can fully define those because I think that is something that he's got to step in and help each individual person figure out. Right. So we want to we wanted to train our kids to be obedient not just because we want them to be obedient to us, because we ultimately want them to be obedient to God. We want them, if, if God is calling them to go to um, another country and minister and, and... Or six hours away to college. Or six hours away to college or whatever. If And, and we're using the term calling a, a loosely here. We talked right, a couple weeks ago about right. calling. But if God is calling them to himself through... He's ordering their steps. ...some other place, we want them to be obedient to that. Not just say, okay, well, I'm going to go do that because that's what I'm going to do. No, I I want them to recognize God's authority in their life, that God ultimately is the creator and sustainer of life. Nothing happens in and through him without him. So it is a hundred percent. We are training obedience in our kids because we want them to be able to be obedient to God as God directs their steps um, in life. So the, 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 we haven't done this yet on our podcast, but there's a passage of scripture that um, I wanted to talk about. It's Genesis chapter 22, and it is the um, time when Abraham, God tells Abraham to sacrifice Isaac. Now, if you know, Abraham and his wife Sarah had a hard time um, conceiving a child, and God had told him he's going to be the father of many nations, and he was going to fulfill all this promise and, and essentially save the world through the lineage of Abraham. And they were super old and they couldn't have a kid. They ultimately did have a kid. God fulfilled that promise in Isaac. So Isaac was that kid. And now Isaac is, has gotten, I don't know how old he is in this um, scenario, but he's old enough to, to talk and communicate with his dad. And God is telling him, okay, sacrifice Isaac. I need you to offer your son, your child, as a sacrifice to me. I, I can't imagine how difficult that would be for them. I'm sure there are parents listening to this that maybe your kids just acted up and you're like, I'll sacrifice my kid right now. Let's go. And I will say, <laughs> like, if you haven't ever read the passage, go read the passage for yourself because there may be some people that aren't, like, aren't familiar with this. And, the right. ter- like, David's, you know, he's I'm, telling I'm, part I'm of it. I'm paraphrasing this. Right. I, the, the, I'm, I'm getting to a specific part of it. Um, right. But anyway, so uh, Genesis chapter 22, uh, I'm going to start here in um, verse 6. It says, Abraham took the wood for sacrifice and gave it to his son to carry, but he himself took the knife and the fire. So he and the son went on together. Isaac said to his father, and this is one of the most powerful things for me. When I read this passage, this moment, this was a defining moment for me as what I wanted to be as a parent. So verse 7, Isaac said to his father Abraham, Father, Abraham answered, Yes, my son. Isaac said, We have the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb we will burn as a sacrifice? And in verse 8, Abraham answered, God will give us the lamb for sacrifice, my son. Another translation says, um, Abraham's answer is, God will provide. And that, that, that was a defining moment for me as a parent. Now, I talked about a, another one early uh, in one of our episodes about 
uh, talking about John the Baptist and John the Baptist being um, to prepare the way for, for Jesus was going to point the hearts of the fathers back to their children. Okay, so that was the defining moment. This is the defining moment. And, and as, as I'm sitting here, I, I just wanted to, to explain to you that um, I listened to a talk a long time ago by a guy named Jamie Clark. He climbed Mount Everest. And he, he climbed up, up the mountain several times, and he kept, they kept failing. They kept coming back, um, not making it to the summit. He, he went two or three times before he was able to make it to the summit. You could probably Google it, Jamie Clark, climb your mountain. It's a great kind of motivational speech. But essentially, every time he went and, and they failed, quote-unquote failed, a piece of his definition of success fell into place. So a lot of these things that I say are defining moments kind of came on the heels of moments where I didn't get something right. And God restored and God taught me and said, okay, hey, this, yeah, you just missed that, but here's a piece of your success definition. So this is what success is going to look like for you in parenting, okay? So please don't hear that, that Fair and I have done all of these things perfectly. A yeah. lot of these lessons that we've learned, we learned through failure. So God brought this to my mind after a failure moment. Um, so this God will provide Abraham saying, God will give us the lamb for sacrifice. My son, that is a defining moment for me that I wanted to be a father. I wanted to be a dad that pointed to God and say, God will provide, um, practically how that has played out in, in my older one's relationship, Dax, who, who spoke on the podcast a couple weeks ago, um, he's going to play golf at, uh, a collegiate level, a division one level, um, as we were going through and, and junior golf, if you don't know, is extremely competitive. It's a lot of work. You're traveling all over the place. I mean, Exhausting. We, we have driven 35,000 miles over the last year, um, going to different tournaments. Fair drove all the way down to Miami as a family. We, all, we drove all the way back. So we've been all over the place. We put a lot of work in and Dax, when he would leave a tournament that, that he didn't win, you don't win very often in golf. That's like the, like you win, you lose way more than you win. He would be discouraged, and one of the things Farron and I kept pointing to is, hey, look, God's already got it figured out. God knows where you're going. He knows what's happening. Your steps are ordered. The, the wins, the losses, the ups, the downs, whatever they are, your steps are ordered. It, that phrase, that comment, that idea. That loss was a step. That loss was a step came directly from this moment when God showed me and taught me that I wanted to be a God will provide parent, that that's who I wanted to be. Now, there are some things I want to specifically pull out in um, in this passage. And if you haven't read it, I'll, I'll kind of get to the back end of it here in a minute. Um, first thing is I wanted to point out Abraham's obedience to God in something that was excruciatingly difficult for him. I know this wasn't an easy, oh, all right, God's good, so I'm just going to go and sacrifice my son and stab him and cut him open and sacrifice him. Like sacrificing a an animal was not just a super clean process. There was a, like getting them prepared and it, 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 it took time and it was like work and there was blood and it was not clean and pretty. Okay. God was, was using these sacrifices to atone for sin and it was a messy process. So this was not going to be a quick one and done. Abraham knew the process of what it was going to be to prepare his son and how hard that was going to be, he stepped into obedience, not because uh, it, he wasn't being compliant with this. Okay, I need you to, to hear the depth of obedience that Abraham had to have 
and the depth of relationship he had to have. So his experiences relationship with, with God, with God, his relationship with God had been so deep and he had, had so many experiences and he had trusted God so significantly. And he had distrusted him in times. He had distrusted him, and he had learned through that distrust and God had restored that relationship back. So as he had failed and restored that obedience and relationship, that respect for God's authority was built. So he I, also knew by this time, though, I think that he he knew who he was to God and he knew who God was to him. I think absolutely. But what I think you need to understand is the ups and downs of the relationship Abraham had with God built a lot of that respect and fueled disobedience. Exactly. So as you have ups and downs with your kids and you've got those times and moments where it's good and times and moments where it's bad, those cycles are helping. You should be redeeming those cycles for relationship that will build to obedience. Not behavior. Not behavior. It's not about the behavior. It's not taking it personally, not saying, okay, hey, you messed up and I've got to take this thing away or or I'm restrict Whatever those punishments and things are, they're not punitive to hurt your kid. There is discipline, and discipline is important, and God has disciplined Abraham. Those discipline moments created relationship because God used it to develop his relationship with Abraham. So understand that the first part of this is Abraham was incredibly obedient to God. The second thing I want to point out is Isaac. Isaac said, we have the fire and the wood but where's the lamb we will burn as a sacrifice? Isaac had been trained in obedience. This is not the first time he's ever been. This is not the first time that he had seen God, seen his dad sacrifice to God. He knew why they were sacrificing. So Isaac knew what they needed. He said, we got everything here, but we're missing we're, we're missing a lamb, Dad. We can't sacrifice because we're we going to be obedient with this. How we, we, we're not we're not being obedient, Dad. I don't I don't have everything I need. So he had been trained in obedience. Abraham had trained his son in the ways that God had taught him because Isaac had watched him be obedient. So this this is one of the the bigger points that we're supposed to train our kids in obedience. So Farah and I, and again, we've, we've said it on, on another episode that values are kind of the vehicle that drive us to our model. Um, the values gave us something that we could demonstrate to our kids that we were being obedient. It was tangible submission. It, it was tangible they submission. They saw us being obedient to the values, and the values were, were biblically driven, and, and we'll get into that, and, and I hate being ahead of us there. I'm, I really am sorry. <laughs> so hard because it's... Um, it, it all ties together, but we've, we've got to start where we start and to get where we want to be. But um, we train in obedience. Now, we also train in obedience to show our kids. When God was, in, was instructing us or directing us to do something, we let our kids be a part of that journey that we were being obedient to that. When, when God was instructing us to be obedient and tithe, that, that we showed our kids and our kids were participating in that tithe and we were giving that money um, to the church to be obedient. We weren't doing it to let them see us. We were doing them. We were doing it to bring them with us. Right. And so, there's a different heart motivation there. All right. So helping your kids, teaching them obedience, letting them see your obedience to God, to to rules that are in place. So 
Um, we try to, as our kids have learned how to drive, they, they watch everything. Oh my goodness. When they're 14, 15, and they know they're about to start driving, they pay attention to the speedometer. It doesn't wait until they're 14 or 15. It's when they move to the front seat. It's when they move to the front seat, <laughs> whenever that is. Uh, if you don't let your kids in the front seat, you may not have experienced this yet. They can even see it from the back. Though. They can like see they, it from the back, The speedometer, yeah. the digital. When they start reading. Right, and they the digital <laughs> speedometer. They, they would be, they want, we want it to be obedient to speed limits and traffic right. laws. Because we wanted to demonstrate that obedience to them to say that we are under this law. The right. rule of law in, in our society matters. So when people drive by and aren't abiding by the law, our kids are like, well, that guy's not, he's an idiot. I mean, they, <laughs> they, they immediately pass judgment that that person's not obeying the law. Um, so we have, have trained and we have tried to train our kids in obedience. And um, it, it has been a... Uh, a process in multiple facets of our life. But particularly, I, I want to encourage you as parents, train your children in obedience to the Lord. Now, we don't have to do ritual sacrifices anymore. Jesus came and, and, and took all that, so we don't have to do that. But there are things that we still have to be obedient to. Uh, so we need to to show our kids and let them participate in that with us. Um, as, it, as it goes down, um, as the story goes on, um, if you know the story, if you don't, if you went and, and read Genesis chapter 22, ultimately God delivered Isaac and an angel showed up. And just as, uh, Abraham was about to sacrifice Isaac, a angel showed up and stopped Abraham from doing it and provided that lamb. So God reinforced with Abraham and Isaac both his provision for obedience. So God was building a different kind of family because, again, this was the, the, the way that God was going to bless the world and bring Jesus into the world was through this Abraham-Isaac line and, and how he was going to um, ultimately build a relationship with the Jews. Um, and what God demonstrated in his relationship with the Jews is how he interacted with humanity so all of these things started to fall out, but it was the basis of it was obedience and then God's provision through obedience. Farrah was writing something down, so uh, I didn't know if she was going to say something. I, I just I was re I was redoing the how that I had written out. So if we're not to the how yet, then keep going. No, we're not to the how yet. Yeah. Not 100 percent how. So um, I, I think as you are listening to this, I, I, I want you to understand that obedience does create the opportunity for God to fulfill the things that he has told us he would do. Yes. That God doesn't, um, God's not a, a quid pro quo guy that you give me this, I do that, right? He is, our obedience and our heart for obedience builds a relationship that opens up that we start to look for the things that God wants to do so that we can participate. It changes us to align with God. And I think obedience in our children does the same thing. It does. That it mirrors that. As we start to build that obedience in our kid and train them in the obedience, that it starts to build that relationship that they start to look at, okay, hey, well, what are my parents doing? And I want to do what they want to do. It's not, it's not that we have to coerce them and, and force with our authority. They start to recognize our authority because when they are obedient to the things that we do and they get the the benefit or the the blessing or whatever that is, the provision on the backside, when they see that provision that we provide, 
they are more willing to step into obedience. And the obedience is born out of a relationship that we have with them because they have seen our faithfulness. They have seen that we will do. We will provide them food and clothes, and we try to get them the the entertainment or whatever. As we give them those things that we can do out of a relationship from obedience, they start to see, oh, this this is how I want to interact in this environment. So building obedience in your kids trains them for God, but it builds that relationship that you have, and they start to respect that that authority you have, not because you exercise it, um, in a authoritative way, but because they see authority comes from, they care about me. Right. They not, love me. You're not dictating it. You are. You're demonstrating it. You're demonstrating it, and you are are surrounding them with it. It's not a it's not a dictate. Right. So that's again we talked about choices in the last episode, shifting over to obedience and that that pattern of choices that we built in in our kids, help them undersee as they were help them understand as we were making choices that started to build obedience and obedience. It wasn't necessarily the goal. I didn't want them to comply and do what I told them to do. So when I said obedience, wasn't the goal of our parenting. I think part of what we confuse is that we want compliance. We just want them to do what we say do. I do think we want them to be obedient, but we want that heart to be turned towards obedience because of the relationship that we have. So, um, Fair's got some things on how we can practice right. and build some obedience. This one's a little bit harder because it is a little bit more um, brain power. Um, it's it's harder to boil down into like steps to do. Um, but when you are are trying to you know to work on obedience, um, prayer has to be the first thing. Um, asking God for help in that. Believing, knowing, first of all, learning who he is and believing who he is is second. Believing who he says you are is third. And then walking in that authority that David is is saying. But you can't, if you just walk without knowing who you are to him and knowing who he is to you, you're in compliance. Um, And the same goes with our kids. If they're just walking to to keep, you know, from keep, consequence keep or the what, peace to keep or, the peace. Yeah. Right. There's not, that's not obedience. Obedience has a huge relational component. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the things that, um, that that reminded me of was in John, it's funny that we've already talked about John the Baptist earlier in this because um, John, the apostle quotes John the Baptist in John 3.30 when he talks about John the Baptist saying, I must um, decrease, God must increase. And I think that is a huge component of the parent-child relationship for both of us. Mm. He has to become bigger than the parent in the eyes of the kids, and then he also has to become bigger than the kids in the eyes of the parents. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I even think in our relationship with our kids, I think we have tried to decrease to let them increase. We, we've chased their dreams. We've wanted oh them gosh. to be successful. And I think every parent ultimately wants that. They want their kid to be more successful at things or whatever than they were. That's why we, we know that the paths they're choosing are not going to get them there. So we want them to do what we tell them to do. Because if they do that, then they'll be more successful <laughs> than we were and, and advance past where we were. But, but. That, that, that increase, decrease idea, that's fantastic that um, – if that's our goal, that we do want them to increase, 
well, then we want them to make good decisions and we want to give them choices and we want them to understand obedience. And that's how they're going to get that increase in their life. Is how, is when they let him increase. When he increases and becomes more, um, is the only way. Yeah. What else you got to add on the how? Any other hows there? I, I don't really have any other how. I do have a, um, a resource more for the compliance part, but I don't really have an obedience resource. Okay, that's fine. The, um, and I don't want to keep giving, I mean, I gave a children's book last time, but this one is um, When People Are Big and God is Small by Edward Welch. Okay. Um, okay. So, so that's a book resource. To help with that whole compliance, obedience. Okay. Boundaries also by, um, I can't, whatever his name is now. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's really good for that compliance part too, but um but so those are a couple of book resources that you can take a look at. We don't necessarily have an activity. Uh, um, I think. Farah does. Uh, I'm sitting corrected. <laughs> I would say stand corrected, but I'm sitting down at a podcast We didn't microphone. plan one, but I think if you have small kids, play follow the leader and let them lead. Um, they're not going to consider how big you are and that you won't fit in some places, but it will give you a window into to what their choices are. Um, and if they're teenagers, try to get them to plan an activity for y'all to do together and, and try to follow their lead. Mm. And we've done this a couple of times. We, we even going on vacation, we've let our kids plan activities for that vacation um, that they've got to research and look and, and find how much the cost and all those kind of things. And um, they, they were able to, to pull that off. So whatever activity that is, whether it's going out to dinner or um, doing a family game or something like that, I, I think you'll be surprised if you give your kids the, the and leeway I, to do that. I would say, you know, get, think of three general things and give them a choice so that they're not just like like walking up to their closet and overwhelmed with all the choices. But, but yeah. Just right. To go along with that last episode, uh, previous episode of this one. All right. So that, those two episodes, uh, the episode four and episode five, um, again, we're trying to talk about the foundation of the parent-child relationship. Um, and we've said on the podcast previously that respect is the fundamental element of human relationships. And I think there is a, a significant uh, amount of respect currency that has to transactions that have to take place in this idea for obedience and teaching your kids obedience. You have to, to build that respect, but I think you've got to start giving it first in choices. You've got to invest that respect in them and start respecting their choices but giving them those choices inside of an environment. So that's, that's why we tied those two things together um, because ultimately you want to start building that respect with your kids. And the more that you can respect their choices and let them um, live some of their life, the more that they can start to have respect to invest in back in the relationship with you. And those decision, those decision making and obedience muscles build with with practice and repetition so the more we can set them up to to have those experiences and those practices the stronger they will get right so all right so that's what we got on the foundation for uh the parent-child relationship there um next episode i think we're gonna start diving into the foundation between um the sibling relationship um so we may have to break that one up too we're trying to keep these uh in a 30-ish minute time frame so uh, again, if you have any questions, uh, feel free to shoot us an email at modelparentingpodcast at gmail.com. 
Um, we're not up on any of the uh, services yet. We haven't put anything out on um, the Apple Podcast service or Spotify or any of that kind of stuff. We eventually probably will. Um, right now, we're just trying to distribute this to, to people who are kind of on our team and in our corner, people that we know and love that have been a part of our uh, sphere uh, who have asked us, hey, how are some, how are you, how do you do some of the things that you do? So uh, again, feel free to share it. Um, you're not hurting our feelings. If you've got people that you think would be encouraged by this, feel free to pass that on and share it. And um, we would love to hear from you. So any of the activities, if you've done any of those, shoot us some pictures, any of the resources that you found encouraging, um, shoot us, uh, shoot us an email, something like that. Let us know that uh, if you got questions, we'd love to answer some questions and get some feedback. Uh, a lot of you guys have texted Farrah or myself and, and said different things or comments, but um, feel free to, to shoot us an email and let us know uh, how, how you're dealing with the information on the podcast. So thanks again for listening, and uh, we'll look for you next time on the Model Parenting Podcast.